Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, So whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well... What better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today, we're discussing the massive benefits of house hacking. Massive benefits indeed, Joel. As we were preparing for this episode, I could not help but to think about if Kate and I, for our first house, if we had house hacked instead of getting a traditional single family house, if we had instead maybe gotten a duplex, a triplex, or even a quadplex, how different our lives would look. So I'm excited to talk through some of the traditional ways that you can house hack, maybe some more non-traditional, maybe some more creative ways that you can house hack in this episode. Yeah. And it's easier when you're younger, right? If you have house hacked in your 20s, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's just such a great lever to pull in wealth building. And so we're going to get into kind of some of the details, how you can go about it and who should really be considering a house hack in this episode. That's right, Joel. But first, I have a frugal or cheap for you, man. Ring it. Yeah. So I had a consumer purchase where I was uh, in a situation between buying cheap and affordable versus buying something that was maybe more expensive, but quality. Specifically for our oldest daughter, we bought her an electric keyboard for her birthday. She had shown some interest in keyboards and the piano. Uh, she was doing some pretty cool stuff on the little baby piano, you know, like the little toy one that babies kind of pound on with the little metal rods. It's <laughs> yeah. like the classic toy piano. Yeah, totally. Well, she was like playing some pretty cool music on that. And we thought, man, she's totally seems to be into playing the keyboard, playing the piano. 
So we wanted to get one for her birthday, but we had to decide, do we basically buy the cheapest thing that is available or are we going to buy her something that's a little higher quality, something that would last for years down the road? And I'm afraid that we made the wrong decision. Uh Uh-oh. You bought the one that's going to last for a long time, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, man, I think we totally failed by buying cheap. This is an instance, like basically since we've purchased this thing, I've been thinking this over and I feel that we should have maybe spent a little bit more money specifically because we're a musical family. It's something that we incorporate into our lives. It's something that we want the kids to pursue if they have that interest. I could easily see multiple kids getting into the piano and having something that's more quality, something that they would enjoy more every time that they were to play it or use it. And even something that Kate and I would appreciate because it just sounds better, right? It's just not nearly as annoying and terrible sounding as the cheapest keyboard that we could possibly find, which is what we essentially did. We found the most affordable one on Amazon. So had we gone with that nicer version, I think it totally would have been worth it. And this is an instance where I think we completely failed when it comes to frugal or cheap. I think we were cheap in this instance. Yeah, man, I've been there before. So what was the price disparity between the keyboard that you ended up buying and the one that you wish you would have bought? Ooh, well, that's a really good question, man, because the difference, no joke, it's like 500 bucks. Oh, yeah, that's a, a ton of money, right? Like you're, you hear me say that and you think, oh, no, maybe I think you did make the right decision <laughs> by getting the $60 keyboard. I would have also <laughs> opted for the cheaper $60 keyboard for my daughter. Right. Well, that obviously was our initial reaction and what we ended up going through with. But what we don't know, man, is how long that piece of junk is actually going to last. We don't know for sure that this is going to be something that she's going to be into for years. But we're about to have four kids and there's a good chance that one of them will also be into piano or want to play on the keyboard or it's something that I might get back into. It's been a while since I've sat down to the piano on a more consistent basis, but you know that's an option there for me. But I think, honestly, one of the biggest mistakes we made was to only consider new. We've talked before about how you can buy quality products, but you don't necessarily have to buy them brand new. We didn't necessarily have to make that purchase in the most convenient way possible, which is on our phones through Amazon because that's the easiest way. Yeah, that's a good point, man. If you had taken a little bit of time to research used options, you might have been able to find that $500 keyboard for 150 bucks or 180 bucks, which would be much easier to stomach, right? Yeah. And then you're not paying that crazy, ridiculous $500 price tag, which you don't feel like is appropriate for a six-year-old's birthday, which is totally understandable. But you're also buying something that you feel like you can use long into the future. Man, these are great learning experiences. I feel like I've had many of them in my life because I, for the longest time, was so bad about prioritizing buying the cheapest possible thing and not the thing that I would value for the long haul. So yeah, it's always good to hear about how we've been able to do things well, but sometimes we don't always make the best decision, but we can still learn from even cheaping out as opposed to going the smart frugal route, right? That's right, man. We're always trying to learn, always trying to be smarter with our money. Let me introduce our beer for this episode. We have Mosaic Coyote, and this is by Yellowhammer Brewing out of Huntsville, Alabama. And this one was donated to us by my dad. So thanks so much, dad. I've met that guy. He's a sweetie. (laughs) Yeah. Big thanks to Tim for donating this beer to the show. It's super kind of you. Yeah. He brought us this crowler while he was over there visiting some friends. And I'm excited to enjoy this one with you on the show and talk about it at the end of the episode, man. Yeah, most definitely. All right. But now on to the topic at hand, we're talking about the massive benefits of house hacking. And often, Matt, the biggest expense we have in our lives is the cost of housing. Nothing else really even comes close in our monthly budget. Transportation is the second biggest line item usually in our budgets. But even that is only about half of what the average American spends every month on their housing costs. So it's important for us to find ways to keep our housing expenses down 
any amount saved in this category is going to have massive impacts on the amount of money that we're able to save and invest over time. You could spend hours clipping coupons, saving 25, 50 cents on specific items in the grocery store, but that ultimately has a pretty small impact. There are just a couple of specific line items in your budget where you can have big, big wins if you focus hard on them. And housing is one of them. And house hacking is one of the best potential ways to win in a major way when it comes to your housing costs. All right, Joel, before we go any further, let's go ahead and uh, put a little simple house hacking definition out there. And what we're going to go with for this episode is it's just the practice of getting folks, tenants, right, long or short term to pay towards your housing costs. It's as simple as that. And house hacking, it's great because it allows you to not only keep your housing expenses low, whether we're talking about your mortgage or your monthly rent, but you might even be able to live somewhere completely free. And honestly, you might even be able to get paid to live there. I kind of mentioned that quadplex example. If you've got a quadplex, right, and you've got three units rented out for, let's say, 700 bucks each, you're pulling in $2,100. And it is very realistic for you to potentially have a mortgage on that property with a monthly payment around 1600 bucks. And so you're pulling in 500 bucks a month that you're being paid to live somewhere. How insane is that? Yeah. I mean, I think at the heart of it, that's the beauty of house hacking. There is this insane ability to either cut your housing costs massively or live for free or even get paid. Like you just said, there's really no other thing I can think of in our budget that we can kind of flip on its head and turn into an area where we basically make money. Yeah, you can't do that with groceries or anything, right? No, that's impossible. You're not going to get a bunch of free food. And then in fact, you can eat that food while somebody pays you to eat it like that. That just doesn't happen. Unless you're like Kobayashi and you can eat 50 hot dogs. But I don't know. But you got to come in first place if you do that. So. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's a lot of hot dogs to eat. Yeah. So house hacking provides these outsized benefits that nothing else in your budget can even come close to achieving. Another benefit of house hacking is that you can start dabbling in being a landlord or investing in real estate without it feeling like it's this part-time job. Just keep in mind that even just a couple hours a week that you'll be investing into managing your tenants and collecting rent and potential fixes you have to make to the house. Well, it's not necessarily passive income that you'll be making with house hacking. That's a, a term that a lot of people like to use when it comes to real estate. And I completely understand why people use that. Just keep in mind that even a couple hours a week that you might spend by collecting rents or fixing up things around the property, well, it's not going to feel like passive income. It does require work. If you have one house hack, it certainly is not going to feel like a part-time job, but you are going to have to have some margin to dedicate to, to running your side investment property house hack business, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. It does take a little bit of time. But again, the benefits, like the massive benefits that you potentially gain from house hacking cannot be overstated. Like it's just a way to have your cake and eat it too, right? If you're looking at traditional housing, you have the sweet benefits of having your own place, your own house, while at the same time having a significant portion of your housing costs covered or even making money in the process is just fantastic. All right. So we're going to get into what it looks like and some of the specifics, how you can actually go about implementing a house hacking strategy into your life. And we'll get into that right after the break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. 
They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, man, we're back from the break. Let's go ahead now and talk about what house hacking can look like for you. We're going to talk about some of the more typical, traditional ways that you can house hack. And the first of which includes having roommates, right? This is the easiest and the simplest way to house hack. Uh, This is something that we all have probably done at some point, whether it be when we're younger, maybe when we're kids, uh, up through college. 
But in today's culture, everyone needs their own space. Everyone feels like that they need to have their own personalized everything. And this is something that we would encourage folks to resist, not only from the overconsumption sort of standpoint, but because of the benefits that you would receive financially. Regardless if you own or you rent, it doesn't really require extra money or a cash outlay in order to have roommates. It doesn't require money up front. Uh, it just takes a little bit of flexibility, maybe a little bit of lifestyle sacrifice, you know, if, if that's how you want to think about it. Joel, I don't know if you noticed, I put that sacrifice in air quotes because it's not that big of a sacrifice to make these small changes in our lives that could impact us significantly down the road. Yeah, I agree. I think having a roommate is such a massive boon to your monthly budget. And this is a way that you can do some house hacking, even if you don't own a home, right? You can put more people into a space, even if it's for a small period of time. And that can increase your ability to save. One thing to make sure is that your lease agreement is cool with you having that many people inside of the space where you're living. Certain leases spell out the maximum amount of people that can live within the confines of the home. And you just want to make sure that you're abiding by those terms that you have agreed to. Makes me think of uh, my apartment in Athens. We had a little 2-2 apartment there in that little apartment complex. And everybody that was living there on that little strip, they had their own room. All the apartments only had two students living in each apartment. But me and my buddies, we doubled up and we had four guys in there, two guys in each room. And with that, man, we had some massive savings in college for three years because we renewed that lease. And to be honest, that's probably one of the reasons why I still had scholarship money left over at the end of school that I was able to survive on before I got my first job out of college. So even back then, I guess, you know, we were both house hacking, but we just called it like having a roommate, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, new terminology, right? For uh, a new era. And roommates are probably the easiest way for almost anybody to kind of get into house hacking a little bit. But the way in which it typically makes the most sense for folks is to buy a multifamily house and live in one and rent out the other units. That is quintessential house hacking right there. Yeah, that's the original house hack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we love it when folks look to buy a duplex or a triplex or a quadplex and then rent out those other units. This can massively offset the housing costs that you will incur every month, even if that multifamily house is more expensive than buying a single family house. Yep, that's true. Uh, we will say, though, it is tougher to land a multifamily house because most of them are a little bit more expensive. And honestly, there's just not as many of them on the market as a single family house. But with a duplex or a triplex or a whateverplex, you're going to have much more privacy than a roommate situation in that you have your own spaces, not just your bedroom, obviously, but living and kitchen areas as well. Yeah, Matt. So we mentioned that we both kind of had roommates in college. But even after college, I had a roommate in the first single family home that I bought. And then in the house that we currently live in, it's kind of set up like a duplex with just a door between both units. And I've mentioned this on the show before. A lockable door. That's what's important, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep them out, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, I, we rented that out to a good friend for like four years. And it drastically offset the housing costs that we incurred and allowed us to really step up how much money we funneled into 401ks and IRAs. There was a good bit of privacy involved in that living situation. I know at times like we could hear what she was doing back there and I'm sure she could hear us and our screaming children. But yeah, it was definitely a lot more private than, than having roommates. So if privacy is more important to you than house hacking by buying a multifamily house instead of just bringing roommates into the house you're currently living in or into a single family home, well, then that makes more sense for you. 
Yeah, another great aspect of having a multifamily that you can house hack is just the flexibility that it offers you. It can really just give you options with what you want to do with that property down the road. You could move out and continue to rent it as a multifamily, or you could even take over the entire house. With a little renovation, right? Yeah, exactly. With a little bit of work. We actually had some friends in the neighborhood and they had a duplex that was just cut right down the middle, like 50-50. And for a few years, they lived in one half. They rented out the other half. But you know what? They decided that they loved that location they did not want to move. So after that next lease had run its course, they did not look for a new tenant. And instead, they renovated that home. And it is now a single family home that they love that they were able to customize and and be exactly like they wanted. But that house hack, having years of a tenant next door paying towards their mortgage, gave them the option to even take on that renovation. Yeah, it all begins with a house hack sometimes, right? And just a couple of technical things that we we should really mention with house hacking. Well, a four unit property is really the max that you're going to be able to jump into unless you're okay with paying cash or taking out a commercial loan. Traditional financing is available for multifamily units that have up to four separate dwelling units. So if you're looking at an eight plex or a 10 plex, well, that's just gonna be much, much harder for you to take on mostly because of the financing involved with getting that property. Another important thing to mention is that Matt and I think it's okay to have a smaller down payment when you're looking to buy a house hack. Typically, we would recommend when you're buying a single family home that 20% is a really good number to shoot for for a down payment on that single family home. When you're looking to buy a house hack, if you only have, let's say, 5% to put down, Well, because you're treating that property like an investment and hopefully you're planning to hold it for a lot of years, well, a smaller down payment really isn't the worst idea. You're always going to get the best rates and the best terms if you have 20% to put down. That's the same when it comes to buying a multifamily. So ideally, you would still have that much to put down. But if you run the numbers on a multifamily property and you can drastically reduce that monthly line item in your budget of housing costs by doing a house hack, Well, having a smaller down payment and taking out a loan under those terms for that multifamily property, it can still make sense. Yeah, man. And while we're talking about home loans, you're going to get a better rate if you're looking to get a mortgage on a multifamily property that you're going to occupy versus the rate that you would get on a pure investment property. So that's just a quick check in the box for house hacking versus a traditional investment property. Yeah. And another easy way to potentially get into house hacking is considering renting out your basement or building an accessory dwelling unit in your yard. Basements are a really popular way. You might have a separate entrance, or you might be able to find a way to kind of seal it off from the main part of the house for really not very much money. In that basement apartment, if you do just a couple of tweaks to it, you might be able to rent it out for a good bit of money. And building an accessory dwelling unit, also known as like a mother-in-law suite or a carriage house, well, building something like that can be really beneficial. It's going to typically require a larger outlay of money, but it can also be a way for you to use the property you currently own to increase the revenue of that property. Yeah. And aside from even building those things yourself, if you're looking for a home, just keep an eye out for those opportunities to to house hack, right? If you see the potential for a basement apartment or you see an unfinished space above a garage where you could completely finish that space out, add a little studio apartment there. Those are, are fantastic opportunities for you to avoid that massive cash outlay and just spend a little bit more money in order to get those spaces up to speed and make them comfortable for some tenants. Yeah, Matt, a lot of people listening right now might be thinking, 
I've got kids. I've got a family. House hacking? That's for the young, or at least the young at heart. Yeah, it sounds like something that someone in their mid-20s would be happy to do. They're like, oh, yeah, they're at home working on their laptop, and it's you know, totally fine for you to like have somebody else showing up at your house. No problem. <laughs> yeah, but I've got kids who are going to be screaming and blah, blah, blah. And I completely understand the sentiment. I know from personal experience that it's a little bit harder to house hack when you have children, but it's not impossible, and I think we need to make that clear. You might be hearing about this and you might say, I'm unwilling to do that and that's okay. But just know that you totally can. And so I brought up my example earlier, Matt, of how we had someone living in the back of our house. We had kids at the time, two kids. And our friend Jillian, who came on the show back in episode 82, talked a little bit about being newly married with a baby and also having roommates where they lived. And basically that one decision while living in a high cost area of Washington, DC, allowed her to save at just a rapid clip yeah, that's right. And, and with that money that they were able to save, like that's how they paid cash for their first house that they purchased in Montana. Yeah, it's not an easy choice to make to say, I've got a baby and I'm newly married and I'm going to bring in a roommate. I understand that that's not for everyone. And, and even Jillian probably wasn't jumping for joy at the idea like, woohoo, roommates, this is going to be fun. That's not necessarily how you think about it. That sounds like something that you would be saying. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I, I like hanging out with people. And so, you know what? Actually, we did enjoy having someone living in the back of our house. Like there were some perks to that too. It felt like there was someone there, even at times when, when we weren't, or if I was gone for a couple of days, my wife didn't feel completely alone with the kids. So that was kind of a nice side perk. But yeah, I think it's important to mention that it is possible to house hack with a family. You might just have to kind of change your perspective and find a willingness to actually do it. Cool, man. So we're going to talk more about some uh, less traditional ways that you can house hack, including some ways that you can house hack for folks who don't want to actually own property. We're going to talk about that right after the break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. 
So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, Matt, we're back. Let's talk about some less traditional ways of thinking about house hacking. There's short-term house hacking or gig hacking. And by the way, I, I got to say, I feel kind of like a loser saying hacking so much. It's just, <laughs> I think it's really just the easiest way to convey what we're talking about. Hacking has been this word. People talk about hacking everything in life, but house hacking is just kind of the easiest, quickest way to convey what we're talking about. Do you agree? Yeah, but I think it's an appropriate term though. It makes me think of folks who take Ikea furniture and they, they hack their Ikea furniture to make it do something else that it wasn't originally designed to do, right? We're just taking the value that you would normally get out of your home, that more of that intrinsic value, you're kind of cranking it up to 11. And when you hit 11, you also get money. So uh, that's a huge win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. And I will say, if any listener out there has a better idea for what to call it, please send it in. If it's less <laughs> annoying, I'm totally cool with that. But for now, house hacking is the best term we've got. So there can be creative ways to live in a house hacking situation and drastically reduce your rent without the long-term commitment that comes with a traditional lease. So one option out there, especially if you are a renter, is to work for your rent. So if you don't want to buy your own property and do this house hacking thing to the fullest extent, well, you can likely find a basement apartment or a carriage house and get a portion or potentially even all of your rent covered by taking care of certain tasks that the owner can't or doesn't want to do. For instance, like lawn care or house sitting. If you're willing to take on some of those extraneous tasks of maintaining the property, you can basically provide work value in exchange for rent. I think that's really cool. It's outside of the box. You might have a hard time finding those opportunities, but it could be worth pursuing, especially if you have specific skills that you feel like can make you valuable. 
finding a living situation that uh, allows you kind of to barter in that way might be a little difficult to find. But if you can find something like that, it might be totally worth it. And in my opinion, that still is an example and a really good one, I think, of house hacking. Yeah. And that's from the renter's standpoint. If you happen to be the owner, you can still be in a very similar situation and still house hack. You may get paid less if you're the one offering the space, but you are still utilizing and hacking your house to provide you with value. In this case, it's just not value. That is money that you can deposit in the bank. All right, Matt. A lot of the techniques that we've discussed so far when it comes to house hacking, well, they're kind of more long-term prospects. We're talking about long-term buy and hold and having long-term tenants using your space. But another way to make money house hacking is by doing short-term rentals. There are lots of different sites that can help you post your short-term rental. Of course, the most well-known is Airbnb. And on that platform, you're typically running out on a nightly basis. We're going to talk a whole lot about that in an upcoming episode because Matt basically has become an expert pretty quickly in that by running out his basement apartment. Yeah, trial by fire, man. Yeah, you're right in the middle of it, right? Other places where you can list that short-term rental are your neighborhood Facebook group and sites like Zillow. So basically, as an owner of a home, you can list either a room or the entire house. Just remember, it doesn't have to be a full-time thing. Maybe maybe just for part of the year. If you want to travel during summer, for example, it, it could be a good idea to list your home for a short-term rental. One of the benefits of house hacking on a more short-term basis like this, man, is it just takes the pressure off, right? Like if you don't want to commit for a year of, of doing something that you may not love, you can even try it out for just a season or just the summer, like you mentioned. I'm also thinking about holidays. Imagine that you're out of town and you have some neighbors who want their family in town and they also want them in the neighborhood. That can be a great way to try out house hacking and to see if something like Airbnb or even just making your place available to your neighbors on a local Facebook group. It doesn't have to be something that you're committing to for the next 10 or 20 years. You can just try it out for a week. Yeah, when special events happen in your area, you can also do really well renting your house out on a short-term basis then. For instance, Matt, the Super Bowl was here in January. Anybody that was renting out a room or their whole house while the Super Bowl was in town did really, really well. They made a good bit of money. Similarly, you're from Augusta. Every time the Masters comes into town, a lot of people can make sweet money from renting their places out, right? Yeah, I'm thinking most folks know uh, what the Masters is. But if you haven't heard about it, it's this massive golf tournament. And man, it was just totally normal for us to rent out our house every Masters week. Growing up in Augusta, we didn't have spring break. Instead, it was just called Masters week because that's when spring break was. Everybody left town because everybody rented their house. Obviously, this may not be the norm for, for you, right? And whatever sports event that you might have in your town... But that one week of renting out your house could pay your mortgage for several months, if not most of the months of the year. It was that big of a deal. So wow. it's, it's, yeah, I know, man. It's definitely something that you need to consider. And it might seem like a one-off, right? But when you have the potential to only rent your house for a single week like that, but make a ridiculous amount of money, you've got to consider that. And you know, while we're talking about the masters, it makes me think of my buddy, Ben. He rented out his yard his front lawn during Masters Week because they live pretty close to the Augusta National, the course, and folks would park their car in their yard and they would make a ton of money. They didn't have to leave to go anywhere. They still got to stay in their own house, but they were able to charge these big time golf fans a fair amount in order to park on their lawn. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I love that there are outside of the box ways to think about house hacking. It doesn't just have to be that traditional duplex or triplex or quadplex purchase there are these interesting other ways that you can profit from your house 
other than just finding a roommate or having a multifamily property. So one of the things I did, Matt, in the first house that Emily and I lived in, it had this really big basement with pretty tall ceilings. And our friend Pat, who's a woodworker, was looking for a space to get started, kind of a studio for his his building projects. And man, the basement was the perfect place for him to get started. It was really inexpensive. I didn't charge him almost anything. And he helped me out by doing a couple things to to improve the basement while he was down there. It was really this this win-win. Now he's moved on. He's got this amazing space and this great company. But I like to think of of my basement as his humble beginnings where he kind (laughs) of got the ball rolling and got it all started. So that was kind of a fun time. And really, it was just a non-traditional way to think about house hacking. Yeah, really what we're trying to get folks to do is to think creatively, right? To look to your local opportunities that might come along that would allow you to house hack. Being here in Atlanta, we have a ton of filming going on. I think Atlanta is honestly the top city in the entire country when it comes to the movie industry. Yeah, take that LA. Yeah, seriously. I mean, we have houses all around us that are being used for sets that are being used to film in where they come in for a week, maybe two weeks, maybe three weeks. They put down special boards to kind of protect your floors, you know, do all the filming that they need to. And then they clear all that stuff out of there. They get your furniture back in. And oftentimes you'll get a fresh coat of paint as well because they're basically getting it back to perfect condition, back to the way it was before they started filming. And maybe not filming specifically, but another opportunity, man. Some good friends of ours, their house was the green room for a baby who was on set. I don't know if the baby was actually part of the filming or if it was the baby of one of the actors, but their house was the green room slash that's where the baby slept because the baby needed to sleep a bunch and they wanted that cool dark house. My assumption is the baby was a child star and had extensive contract negotiations (laughs) to get this specific green room. That baby sounds like a little bit of a prima donna to me. Well, as long as those babies are making those big blockbuster hits, man, they can negotiate all they want. I guess you're right. (laughs) And so who ultimately should consider house hacking? Well, Matt and I would suggest almost everyone, your specific location will likely determine how good a house hack could be for you. So run the numbers. House hacking can be great, but it isn't always. Run the numbers to make sure that you will make money after all the costs, monthly mortgage, insurance, taxes, and repairs. Make sure to factor wear and tear in as well. And if you're going to spend extra time managing this property yourself, well, that is something else that you need to take into consideration. I think ultimately in this episode, we just want to convey that there are a lot of potential opportunities for house hacking, some of them outside of the box. And many of us just haven't stopped to think about it or have initially dismissed the idea as being irrelevant to to their lives. But as we've mentioned throughout the course of the episode, I've experienced it in a few different ways. And so has Matt with his Airbnb underneath the house. Now we have intentionally tried to incorporate house hacking into our lives. It's been a lot of fun and it's made a massive difference in our overall monthly budget when it comes to housing. It's been one of the biggest levers that we've been able to pull on our path towards financial independence. Yeah, Joel, the benefits of house hacking can be massive. It can allow you to cut costs, save more, and invest an incredible amount of money. I mean, like I said, it can completely change the trajectory of your life. And don't worry about being socially normal, right? Like some folks might think it's odd for you to have roommates, or they might think it's weird that you live in a duplex or that you have an Airbnb in your house. I think it's weird that they don't. Exactly, because you are going to be reaping the financial benefits of your house hack for years to come. Nice. Yeah. House hacking, it can be a win-win for a lot of folks out there. All right, Matt. So let's get back to the beer that we had on the show today. We drank Mosaic Coyote by Yellowhammer Brewing out of Huntsville, Alabama. Big thanks to your dad, Tim, for grabbing a crowler and bringing this one to us to share on the show. Matt, what'd you think of this beer? Yeah, dad. Thanks so much for dropping this beer off. 
Joel, man, this beer was super hazy. It had that dry hop bite to it, like that bitterness, while at the same time, it didn't have a whole lot of fruit presence. So what that meant for me was that this was a sort of drier tasting or a drier feeling IPA. It definitely lives up to the double dry hopped moniker. Yeah, when I first sipped this beer, the first word that popped in my head was abrasive. It was a jarring amount of hops, slapping my tongue around. And in my mind, that's good. I like a big hop punch, a big hop wallop coming out of an IPA like this. If you aren't a fan of hops, you're not going to dig this beer. But if you like hops and you want to feel them like viscerally, basically, th this beer is really, really tasty. And I would recommend it to, to any hop heads out there. Yeah, this was a really tasty beer. Big props to your dad for bringing this one our way. And again, this was uh, Yellow Hammer Brewing. So check them out if you happen to be in Huntsville, Alabama. I'm either going there or I'm going to space camp. I'm not sure where, maybe both. Oh, is that where the rocket is next to the interstate? Oh, I think so. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of space, by the way, Emily and I just watched the documentary that CNN put out about Apollo 11. Mm -hmm. Man, it was super interesting. They just had all this old footage and kind of like Houston and the astronauts going back and forth when Buzz and Neil landed on the moon. If you have Hulu, we have the Hulu with ads. You can watch it there. It was really, really interesting. Just a great documentary to check out. Thanks, man. I, I thought I saw that they had that anniversary a few weeks ago. I also saw on the Washington Monument, they projected the, the spaceship and kind of blacked out the rest of it. So it looked like the rocket, the Apollo, sitting there pointing up towards the sky. Super cool. That's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. <laughs> All right, Matt, that's going to do it for this episode. I'm sure there are some folks out there listening right now already starting to plan their house hack. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> but uh, And if you want show notes for this episode, you can find those on our website. All you got to do is type howtomoney.com into your web browser. And oftentimes at this point, we ask you to maybe leave us a review. But you know what? Instead, if you found this episode helpful and you enjoyed it, we would ask you to tell a friend about it. Ask them if they've ever heard of house hacking. Maybe y'all can strike up a conversation and encourage each other both to hop on that house hacking train. All right. So that's it, Joel. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.